Okay, hello there everyone and welcome to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico and joining me is... Scotty Hertz. Uh, Adam, I trust you've ordered your uh, Trump sneakers, saved up your 400 bucks, they're in the mail, is that... I mean, if they were like 30% less tacky looking, maybe... It's just like, it's, it's literally like someone said, everything you know about Trump turned it into a shoe. And they did. It's fake looking. It's tacky. It's, it, it's extravagant in all the worst possible ways. Um, the laces are real gold. Uh, no, no, probably not. <laughs> you imagine. It's like gold from the Canadian Tire Auto Mart, right? It's just, yeah, psh- Oh my goodness. I heard they're actually like $20 sneakers with just a T stuck on the side or something. You know what? That is, that, that's how you make money. That's how you oh. make money in showbiz. Oh, we'll get to him. Don't worry. Don't even <laughs> worry about it. Open Sources is CFRU's political and current affairs discussion show, and you can find us here every Thursday at 5 p.m. as we talk about the latest news items from Guelph, Ontario, Canada, and around the world, and we sometimes interview local newsmakers and politicians this week, though. We're just doing the news, including Gaza. Israel is preparing to lay siege to Rafa, and the humanitarian crisis in the Strip is only getting worse. But are there hopeful signs that Bibi Netanyahu is finally getting real international pressure to take it down a proverbial notch? And then the Republican South Carolina primary is this weekend, and even though Donald Trump seems very likely to win, Nikki Haley says she's not giving up. But does that even matter And finally, the president of Conestoga College called a fellow college president in Ontario a whore. So is there a crack in the leadership of one of our area's most influential academic institutions? But first, uh, this was one of those things that was kind of long expected, but still kind of a shock anyway. The announcement that Alexei Navalny, uh, long believed to be the hopeful democratic future of Russia uh, had been killed in the Arctic Gulag, where he has been in custody for the last several months. They've been moving around, including, and I forgot this, there was like a period last year where nobody knew where he was, allegedly, (laughs) if I remember that correctly. Um, So he died by uh, sudden death syndrome, which is pretty much saying that... uh, or pretty much akin to saying like he, we didn't know his death was coming. Um, it's just giving kind of like a clinical name, but, but um, as we have uh, sort of been expecting over the last few years, it's, it's, when he went back to Russia in 2020, after they tried to poison him with a chemical neural agent and he recovered for a year in Germany. And then he got on the plane, went back to Russia. They took him into custody and he's been in uh, various prisons ever since. But, uh, boy, uh, the timing of this, super-duper suspicious. There's a quote-unquote election in Russia in a couple of months, uh, almost the second anniversary of the full-on invasion of Ukraine, um, extreme pressures on the United States to increase aid to Ukraine. They're running out of ammo there. And uh, I didn't know about this one, but there was a, a Russian chopper pilot who defected to Ukraine uh, even took a Russian helicopter to Ukraine with him, uh, one of their most advanced helicopters. 
Uh, he was found shot dead in Spain uh, earlier this week. So um, it really does seem like a full court press against all of Putin's enemies. And by full court press, I mean uh, full court uh, assassination effort, shall we say? <laughs> yeah, I take it the one in Spain was made to look like a robbery or something. Oh, yeah. No, it was in a parking garage. So it had like, you know, Bruce Wayne's parents written all over it. Mm. <laughs> Just have given up on the uh, window treatment. Yeah. That's falling out of favor because everybody's like knows right away what happened. No there pun intended. Probably no question as to what happens. Sudden sudden death syndrome. Yeah. I'm I'm sure there's somebody somewhere and I didn't see it. It's going to mm. say, was he vaccinated? Mm. But, but that's the American. <laughs> that's the American approach and a little bit of Canada too. But anyway, I knew back in 2021, mm-hmm. he was done for, right? It was just mm. a question. It was just a question of when. Mm-hmm. It was actually surprising to me that he did go back thinking that everything was going to be cool, considering, as we've just described, the things that go on to enemies of Putin. Mm. And as you said, in particular, there's an election in quotes coming up, uh, I think, the weekend of St. Patrick's weekend, 15th to 17th of March. Yep. yep. There's no way. They said they're going to hang on to the body for two weeks. There's no way that a shred of anything Navalny is getting out of there. If at all, but before that happens, mm-hmm. there's just no way because for sure he is already a martyr. Yeah. And as we've seen, as people are leaving flowers at monuments, various places around monument to political uh, prisoners, an older monument, I guess, has been adapted for current times. And then immediately the police or whoever come and clear anything away. Mm-hmm. So. He's disappeared. The monuments have disappeared. They're trying to erase Navalny. Uh, and they they might a bit. I, I don't, you know, the, the memory is still there. But I think it was um, Nadia from Pussy Riot, mm. somebody that they spoke to who was at one of the, I think she was at one of the memorials, possibly in Germany. And she said something like, we all have, we all have different politics. And you may not have agreed with his politics, but he was the guiding star right he represented you know embodied the opposition even though i mean in some ways he was a problematic character i he never denounced he had a nationalist tone for a while Mm. leaned hard into xenophobia Mm. uh, and never really said you know he didn't repent let's say i don't maybe repent might not be the right word But he never said no. That was that. He 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 had no regrets about saying those things, right? But right. And now it seems that his wife is going to step into the fray or the fold. I don't know where she is, right? I'm not actually sure. I think she was in uh, Germany as well, but uh, mm. might be best not to set foot. Yeah, in Russia for a while, at least. Yeah, the you know, I I think he I think. Navalny probably made peace that he was probably going to die in prison. Um, ben Rhodes, who is um, a, a foreign affairs guy in the Obama administration, uh, I saw him on TV on Monday and he said, you know, you're sure Alexei Navalny was in prison, but he's probably the freest man in the world because he like, it's, it's, I guess it's that like sort of Dickensian ideal, you know, where it's like, uh, uh, what, what's the end of a tale of two cities, you know? I uh, I'll get into it later, but the the, the idea that you <laughs> yeah. know he was he was ready, willing, and able, 
and prepared to sort of die for the ideal that Russia could be a democratic place. And if he was the one to lead it, so be it. But if he had to die in order to become a martyr, um, so be it too. And I really think that I, I do wonder if, if there's an aspect of this is like Putin's overplaying his hand. That there, there does feel like this kind of like Brady cat kind of tendency to what he's doing here, where he's trying to run the tables on everyone. Like I just saw the footage on the news before recording, you know, Russian police, FSB, you know, whoever they are, like smushing protesters, like smushing their face in the snow. It's like they're kind of drowning them in the snow as they're laying flowers. And I, I heard this one woman say, um, you can't even walk down the street in like St. Petersburg carrying flowers. You could be taking them to your mom, but, you know, the mm -hmm. police might stop you because you might be taking him to, you know, honor Alexei Navalny somewhere. Um, and, you know, there's still a danger to living too. A lot of people talked this week about um, Paul Whelan, you know, the Wall Street Journal reporter who mm -hmm. is still in custody, has been in custody for five years in Russia. Uh, news today that um, a ballerina, an American ballerina with dual citizenship, she was in Russia visiting her little old grandparents. She's taken in custody for treason. And it's like, that doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> meanwhile, Tucker Carlson gets to walk the streets of Russia oh. with impunity. <laughs> being wowed by the put the 10 ruble thing in the shopping cart and away you go um that that was some wild wild stuff did you see that interview with putin by the way with i Tucker? just saw some clicks clips there's no there's no way i was gonna watch the whole thing but i, I did see it a little thing on the shopping putin says, or whatever like you can just tell hey, he's obviously a guy that doesn't do his own shopping yeah oh for sure there's, there's no way right did you see the part where putin says like i know you applied for the CIA maybe it's a good thing they didn't take you huh <laughs> it was it was brutal watching this bootlick just be roasted again oh, and yeah. again it it was it was embarrassing i felt embarrassed for tucker well i also, I also uh, already kept him waiting for two hours two hours yeah so that, and he, that's and then like, he opens with a russian history lesson yeah incredible 15 minutes is the max anything after that it doesn't Absolutely. matter who it is they do not they don't Absolutely. care they're yeah. sending you a message. Yeah. That that sure. that goes with everywhere. But yeah, back back to Navalny, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, back to Navalny. Although this is all related. It's the uh UK announced sanctions. I think they're running out of people or things to sanction in Russia. It seems like it's gonna be the yeah. the heads of the penal colony will be banned from and the UK. So it's yeah, the I sanctions don't, coming Friday too from the US. Yeah, and it sounds like I think those sanctions were on the way anyway, so they're trying to Excuse me. They're Probably. trying to tie it into this, uh, seeing as well the the anniversary of the the beginning of the war coming up. Mm. So I think the U.S. had that in their pocket, but now it's going to be tied to Navalny. And then I'm sure you heard, and I, we're going to talk about him in a bit. Uh, Trump saying, <laughs> comparing himself to Navalny. I've been Navalny. Is now a thing. It would seem because <laughs> having to pay out all that money is the exact same thing as you know getting killed by your country donald trump wouldn't last 15 minutes on survivor gulag let alone an actual gulag i'd love um, to see him trying to work the shopping cart in <laughs> Len oh. leningrad sorry st petersburg <laughs> sorry when i was there it was leningrad <laughs> a long story but <laughs> yeah i mean th th this does all kind of tie together uh a bit too but i mean um 
and we're gonna get a full story about this and yeah they're gonna hold on to the body i mean like the the, the sheer offense of like the, the his his mother and their lawyer go to the prison like okay we're here to collect my son's remains like oh okay we got like a pathology team we got the whole csi moscow team out here trying to get to the bottom of this meanwhile even like uh Novaya gazetta it like the prison apparently leaks like a sieve too because uh hmm. they were talking to prisoners who were like yeah so uh we noticed that there was more security on thursday night and they came in and they ransacked all our uh cells on friday morning and then they announced you know we noticed there were more guards around the cell block and then they just said to like the only he went for a walk and he just like came back and laid down and died it was the weirdest thing um yeah, where was he walking? Is like out in the yard. This is the question. Like, yeah, and we'll, ne- we'll probably never know, right? Yeah, unless the other prisoners talk, and I'm sure for yeah. a price, anybody will talk, right? Any, but, oh, for sure, for sure. So we might find out eventually, but it won't be through uh, official channels. Let's say. Hmm. No, it, it's. I mean, it's it stinks to high hell. Everybody knows it stinks to high hell, and it, it just you know. What does Putin think he he gets? He's already public enemy number one on the world stage. Um, I mean, speak going back to U.S. politics for a sec doesn't help this week that like the number one witness against Joe Biden for the Republicans trying to impeach him turns out he's a Russian asset. Um, so I'm not sure where the Biden impeachment goes from here, um, but it just feels like. There, there. It, it does feel like there's kind of like a, a tipping point, like and and Putin's helping to do the tipping. It'll be interesting to see. I mean, there, uh, again, this, I'm going back to Ben Rhodes. I seem to listen to him a lot, maybe too much, but he was saying, you know, oh. last year there was kind of all this like preemptive celebrating, like the end of Putin was nigh, and this year there seems to be a like a reflexive going all the way uh, the other way, where there's this kind of extreme pessimism because you know. Uh, Russia just had this big victory in Ukraine. I think they dropped something like a million bombs of explosive, a million pounds of explosives on like a 12 kilometer, 12 square kilometer portion of this like one city hmm. uh, that they took. So, you know, Russia is having a moment for sure. But um, there's something about this that just feels like th- this isn't strength that Putin is showing. Like, this is like I'm pulling out all the stops. And, and so I, you know, this is a situation because it's the second anniversary of the f- full scale invasion. Oh, and the tenth anniversary of the invasion of Crimea too. Right. Like that's the that's the other thing. This isn't a two year long war. This is a ten year long war. Um, so it, it definitely feels like there may be a pivot coming. Uh, I'm not sure what that pivot's going to be, but I mean, there there there's something in the ether. I think. And Putin is really big on anniversaries of any kind, whether oh, it's yeah. A, oh yeah, and older victory world war ii or current mm-hmm. things so but his idea of celebrating is probably more bombs on apartment buildings or some yeah big action <gasps> who knows but we'll see soon enough <laughs> or bringing tucker back for another uh bdsm session on anyway oh man um in other war news uh I mean, the, the war in Gaza hasn't stopped. Uh, we're now more than 29,000 casualties. And for that, um, Israel, and this is, this is from Vox, has only managed to eliminate one-third of Hamas fighters, have only managed to secure one-half of 
uh, Hamas's total firepower and rockets and have only demolished between 20 and 40 percent of their tunnel network. Uh, so this is going really, really great. And by mm-hmm. great, I mean terribly. Uh, meanwhile, you have um, Israel saying that they're ready to go into Rafah, which is a city of, I think, 1.4 million people. Um, it's probably the last bit of Gaza standing. Um, everyone has been you know, evacuated to this area. So people are concerned. There's reports of uh, potential famine in the area. A lot of people are looking at the situation saying that, you know, Israel's talking about invading Rafa as a way of sort of lever- leveraging more from Hamas at the negotiating table. Others think Netanyahu's just trying to save his own political skin. And it's probably a little from column A and a little from column B. But, you know, it, it things haven't gone too terribly much better in gaza since we last talked about this oh no and that there's the ultimatum now it's like if you don't release all the hostages by the 10th of march Mm -hmm. which just happens to be the start of ramadan just in time for ramadan i was gonna say they're gonna start to pound (laughs) rafa and as you said there's like most of the population are pretty much corralled there right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it's just and the last hospital now has nasser hospital has isn't functioning mm-hmm. so no functioning hospitals they're not letting any aid in and it would seem that there are people setting up roadblocks to prevent aid coming in yeah in places it's just unreal yeah that's about the word and, yeah and but also unreal again is a un resolution tried to pass and the calculus is the same the uk abstains and the U.S. votes against it because they have veto power at the Security Council, then once again, it's struck down. I think, was it China? China was like, what are you doing? What are you doing here? (laughs) China said you messed up. You're sending the absolute wrong message here, and you're just greenlighting the ability for Israel to slaughter people. Yeah, when China's looking down your nose, their nose at you for allowing a genocide or a, a... I know it realize that's a loaded word, but uh, let's call it the wholesale slaughter of a group of people in a very small area. I'll call uh, it a genocide. I don't care. Like, <laughs> fair enough. I know there's a whole bunch that goes with that, but real realistically, that's what we're looking at. Should I mean, it's a genocide it, to cover the butts. I don't know. Like, I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know they've fourteen hundred people killed on October seventh, and we've killed now more than four times forty. Seven times as many people by doing the the math or the, is the math not mathing? Maybe it's almost twenty times. It's a hell, hell, hell of a lot more, and like yeah. <laughs> close to seventy thousand wounded, oh, and that sure, doesn't yeah. include all the psychological wounds, which will affect pretty much everyone. No, nobody in Gaza for the rest of time, right. as as it has since since the beginning, since nineteen forty eight. Right. Nobody's not going to be touched by this um, at the end. Uh, and, and you know, you're talking about, you know, people being displaced, which I think was one of the primary issues that the U.S. had with that resolution um, was that, you know, it, it, it said that they condemned um, the forced uh, displacement of people as a violation of international law, which... Um, 
it's like very specific language to say that Israel's committing war crimes here. Uh, the U.S. is working on their own resolution, which has like a bit softer language, but the intent of it is kind of the same. It's like, you know, Israel guys, like, chill out and let's, you know, try and and get some humanitarian aid in here. Um, yeah, I mean, but that's, here- isn't that the one, let's have a temporary ceasefire as soon as it's practical? Like, that just I sounds mean, yeah, destined to be ignored, right? They're just going to say... I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that's the long and the short of it, but I'm not yeah. sure Israel would follow a one of any one of these Security Council resolutions that have come up either. The the thing is, um, it, it's it's just a disaster, and it's it, and and what 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 I think is is even more clear is that everyone who was saying like this is like no matter what happens to Hamas, this is still a moral victory. I mean, it, it may be like that's all it may be they may get like all the tunnels they may get all the hamas fighters in gaza but hamas is one like there's an entire population in gaza who have been like abused starved hurt slaughtered destroyed moved and then the cycle repeats itself over and over again they got to they in the north had to go south and the south had to go north you know, there's going to be nowhere to live. And, and that's the other thing. There's no plan for peace. I at least, you know, haven't heard one. There's no plan for peace. There's no plan about what Gaza looks like the day after the last Hamas fighter is killed. And so what does that look like? And what is Israel offering to people in Gaza to, to give them some hope? Like, you know, yeah, this is this is brutal, but Hamas are brutal people who have brutalized you too, and we're going to help you out after this. There's no sign of that. You know what happens the day after this is over? I think that's that's a big unanswerable question because you're going to have a brutalized people who are all going to be traumatized in some way. Um, you know they're literally fighting over food mm-hmm. as as it's, as as we speak right now, and it's just like what does this look like the day after it's done? Because I don't think anyone's thinking about that. Least of all, BB. Well, he's right now. He's thinking about flattening the place. That's what it looks like. It looks like devastation, it, and that's the intention, in my opinion, and the opinion of probably most of the world at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Just wipe them out, go here, go there, go anywhere but there. Mm. So, yeah, it's, I mean, they need backup. Gaza needs backup. But also, I think Biden and the gang need to grow a spine. Yeah, Biden sounds like he's saying a lot of stuff behind closed doors that he's not saying publicly, and then that should probably flip. And being, and again, being an election year with primaries on, which we're going to talk about in a bit, Mm -hmm. I think that's shaping this more so than in the past when, uh, you know, a phone call from Reagan Mm -hmm. could stop the bombing. And this, it's beyond this now, too, right? Because, you know, Israel is finding the time to bomb Lebanon. Mm-hmm. I find the time to drop some bombs on Syria on Wednesday of this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's gone well beyond just we want to get Hamas. Mm-hmm. So what's the big picture? What's the real story here? Did, how how long does this continue? Do they continue until everyone is traumatized and or dead or expelled? Or is there a stop to it? I don't think there is at this point. Unless... Not higher power. That was totally wrong choice of words. Like a greater power. (laughs) Step in and say, 
stop doing this. Well, this is where sort of like the politics, the internal politics of Israel come to, comes into play. Like he's in a he's a war prime minister now. He's got a war cabinet. They're at war. Um, you know, so nobody's talking about throwing him out or censuring him or putting him in jail, uh, which is seems to be what this is largely been about especially when you know you get down to like the reports of like missed opportunities for intelligence to stop this before it even started um i mean and that's another whole piece of this too is like they're gonna have to like how did this happen to begin with what went wrong how do we stop it from going wrong in the future there, there's a whole part of like after action reporting that still has to happen too and you know you never have to stop and and you know look back if you so long as you keep going and that's the other part of this too is there's stuff happening in the west bank we're not paying attention to because Mm -hmm. the humanitarian crisis here is so dire but like do is that what's next we go to the west bank and finish up there i don't know i think that's a scary thought but i at this point i wouldn't put anything past netanyahu oh no it's 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 brewing up for sure you just get little pieces of reports about incidents in the west bank and in jerusalem as well right mm-hmm. but the plans you know to colonize and that involves the abuse of human rights mm-hmm. and the whole thing's being empowered by i wouldn't call it the gaza distraction but it's like mm-hmm. the focus is on that and other things in the world and it's like the west bank gets kind of not pushed off to the side but mm-hmm. with when no one's paying attention then that's that's the moment Mm. it's like oh well they're not really looking at us right now mm-hmm. some are but it's just you know it's going to be more of the same the scale might not be as great as gaza right now but like that that's yeah. what the, that's the thing about this now is that where does it end how we've been talking about this for a while now but it's like i, I can't see any end to this unless it's total devastation like i said unless somebody steps in and it looks like it isn't going to be the u.n Unless the yeah. the U.S. come up with that that resolution, but it's gonna have it's gonna be, you know, wet paper, right? And I and I, and I worry Biden sort of missed the moment, like this in a, in like another two weeks. This is like have been has been going on for five months. Um, has has Biden sort of let the pitch go by him? And at at this point, does any action like if he takes more substantive action, does that just look like politics on his part because he's got a problem on? the left flank of of his um his you know sort of confederacy of of support from voters um you know there's been a lot of discussion about that like the muslim community in michigan who are like deeply disgruntled mm-hmm. about his lack of um his lack of support and response to the humanitarian crisis in gaza so yeah, it, it's just it's just it's just a bad look all around and like you said like we've been trying to prognosticate since October where this ends. And I don't think it's any more clearer today than it was back in October. Well, let's hope something shakes loose. I'd really love to stop talking about it. I know know we can't. I'm not saying that I'm not trying to be flippant, but it's like, no, for sure. Yeah. Something needs to happen because it's, it's, it's going to be one of the great humanitarian crises of the, of the century at this point. Yeah. When it's over, like when the fighting's over, uh, I think we're probably going to be in for a shock. Some of the stories we're going to hear. Oh. And I think we need to sort of brace ourselves for that. Yep. 
All right, let's take a quick break, and we're going to come right back with some more news. You are listening to Open Sources Guelph here on CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. I won't forget a single day, believe me. I bless the light. I bless the light that shines on you, believe me. And though you're gone, you're with me every single day, believe me. Damn. Going back a bit in time there to 1967 or 68. That was a demo version of a song called Days by the Kinks. It's been widely covered. That's sort of a request going out to somebody, one of our regular listeners in Toronto. Yeah, we don't often play requests, but well, we do sending that out to Dave in Etobicoke. What was the next topic? Right, South Carolina primary. All right, so the South Carolina primary is this Saturday. Uh, a bit weird because you know usually elections in the United States are held on a Tuesday, but uh, they do the primary. Uh, this primary on a Saturday, uh, two challengers in the GOP. They already had the Democratic South uh, South Carolina primary, by the way. Joe Biden won, in case you missed that. Um, but in the GOP one, we got Donald Trump versus Nikki Haley. Presently, Donald Trump is beating Nikki Haley by 300 kajillion points. Well, more like 30%, but uh, he might as well be leading her by 3 million kajillion points. Um, she is saying she's staying in the race, though. After, uh, however, the primary shakes out, interesting to note that South Carolina is Nikki Haley's home state. She was the governor of that state for four years uh, before she became Trump's ambassador to the United Nations. Uh, So a bit difficult there. She says she's in it till Super Tuesday, which is on March the 5th. That's when 16 races are decided. But I think you're going to be hard pressed to convince anyone, uh, even right this minute, as you're listening to this today, that Donald Trump isn't the nominee for the Republicans for 2024 which is phenomenal it's i mean a little phenomenal it's, yeah it's not i, I it is but it isn't from yeah. a, let's say from a canadian or an international perspective yeah considering everything that is going on with that guy and he doesn't <laughs> he, and he's not he's not campaigning right he's i mean he is campaigning but he's not doing what nikki haley is doing in, in shaking the hands and no, he's not doing coffee clutches and coffee clutch, kiss the baby. Like that's yeah, well, that's not his style for one thing. No, but he's not doing it because he doesn't have to. Uh, it was interesting to hear that the the Democrat primary had a turnout of four percent. I don't know if that's why Biden's, no. and I'm not even actually sure what the the turnouts are for these things normally. I'm pretty sure that the Republican one is going to be higher. Mm-hmm. But it'll be interesting to see if that number is going down just as all kind of <laughs> election democracy numbers are going down in terms of turnout. Mm. And the South Carolina primary is different in that it's an open primary. Mm-hmm. So you're allowed to vote for whomever. And it sounds like there's a movement to try and get independent voters in South Carolina to vote for Haley. Mm-hmm. To try and chip away at Trump's ridiculous lead, as you said, it's ridiculous. I saw one was twenty three points, one was thirty two points. Even with the margin of error, it's if it was ten points, it's still huge. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah. I, you know, it's and being her home state, you would think she would do 
a bit better yeah. as to whether I, I'm not even sure what she's going to pull off at this point. Now, South Carolina, it should be noted, is is I believe they're the most Christian state just to, I, in terms of percentages, not a reputation. By numbers. Yeah. By the numbers, it's really, yeah. really high. Yeah. Particularly evangelicals. And they go Trump. Republican evangelicals. Christian vote goes Trump. Mm-hmm. So those numbers are huge. Mm-hmm. And again, the, the, just just thinking of Trump as a person, <laughs> it's to on. me it's so strange that uh, he they they seem to embody his his idea of the of a, God's representative. It's a strange paradox, right? It's I think it's because they bizarre. see you know God is perfect, mortals are imperfect. But I didn't mean to get all philosophical or religious, but it this this is what amazes me about the popularity of Trump. But I also think, speaking to that, I don't think they see Nikki Haley as fully American because she was born to seek family. And oh, I, for sure. Yeah. I think that's hurting her. Woman of color. Yeah. Supposedly, yeah. Even though, yeah. really, on the surface, she doesn't really seem it. And all the, all those, when she was the uh, the un rep and yeah. they said she was indian i actually thought she might have been cherokee or like a, a native indian as they say indigenous in, yeah. yeah yeah because they never they never said oh indian is in sikh she's a sikh person so mm-hmm. that that's tough to tough to beat and it, it sounds ridiculous to us i guess she's some kind of methodist now if i understand it right but may recall that trump called her her real name is nimarada right yeah and he he's done that a lot the same way he did with Barack Hussein Obama became a became a thing. Yeah. Yeah. That all has an effect. Oh yeah. As as to how large of I don't know the total numbers, but this is why we're hearing these things, because you just you 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 see this. And also the fact how many times has she been swatted now? Is it twice? Uh at least. It's at I, least twice. I'm aware of twice, yeah. And that's that's just that's nothing to sneeze at either. Like people have been killed in swattings. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> it's she may have private security, or she may have. I think she requested Secret Service security. I'm not sure if she has it, but um, yeah, it's I mean, not a fair fight at all. Like it's just no, not, it's just not. No. It's not like how we picture it. Of course, there's snipping and whatever, but this, this is this is something else, right? I don't know how how easy it is to Google, but like some like there was like a biblical scholar who did like a real in depth analysis of of how Trump perfectly fits the description of the Antichrist in the Book of Revelations. It's it's like a real eye opening read. Not that I believe it, of course. Uh, Donald Trump is a is an apocalypse level event all on his own without any biblical prophecies. But um, but boy, yeah. Uh, where to begin with Donald Trump? Um, it's, I mean, there was the the whole thing with like the Navalny. I'm the I'm Navalny. Like I'm being persecuted in my own country. Um, there's the thing with the sneakers. Like right after he gets this like 350 million dollar judgment um, in Manhattan uh, involving his companies. Um, there's clearly like some of the sundowning that's going on. Like miss you know calling nikki haley nancy pelosi identifying world war three as world war two saying that he's running against obama or saying that he beat obama in 2016 um it's it's just really really incredible i i 
I don't want to say the stress is getting to him, but I mean, it does also seem like the stress is getting to him. Um, but I mean, that just makes it all the more dangerous because I mean, at the end of the day, Trump is a vessel and there was this report in Politico, not me Politico, but the, the United States Politico that um, there's this group being led by uh, a man named Russell Voigt, who is uh was Donald Trump's director of office of management and budget. And when, when he was in the white house and he's being touted as maybe a likely chief of staff pick, if Donald Trump were to win the next election, hmm. um, he he's planning this sort of Christian nationalist, um, full court dictatorship where when Trump takes office, I mean, we've heard about the, uh, the federal society, like project 2025, which is all about putting Trump loyalists in positions of power throughout Washington. This is like kind of taking a step further. Cause it's talking about, insurrection act on day one to quell protests um taking over the federal apparatus like ignoring congressional bills um if if the president doesn't like where the funding is going to of course the whole point of congress is to control the purse strings control the levers of through which the money flows and um i mean also worth noting uh an aspect to what trump was accused of in his first impeachment is that <laughs> the Congress passed aid to Ukraine that Donald Trump wouldn't give over until Ukraine gave him dirt on Biden. So, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff along the edges of this. It's like, yeah, we can laugh at the tacky golden sneakers and like anything to make a buck. Uh, classic Trump. But I mean, there, there's a whole apparatus behind him that is like desperate to make Trump the figurehead dictator of a really terrible um I hate to say Handmaid's Tale style uh, authoritarian government, but I mean, that's kind of what it sounds like. And, you know, Nikki Haley, <laughs> I mean, it kind of makes sense in the end that like the last person standing against Trump would be a, <laughs> a brown skinned woman. But hmm. um, at the same time, uh, you know, she's being propped up by people who just like don't, who know that Donald Trump is bad for business. Like, you know, Charles Koch, Charles Koch has always known Donald Trump's bad for business. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the only, I hate to say it's the only buttress <laughs> in American politics. It's like these old men who know that Trump's going to cost them money. But still, it, I mean, Trump has a lot of wealthy people uh, in his corner, too. Who, uh, I mean, people like Jamie Dimon are like, yeah, Donald Trump's going to be terrible for democracy, but it's going to be good for my pocketbook, if you know what I mean. It's it's quite it's quite shocking just how, how how thin some of these fine lines are in the end. He might need to call on some of the wealthy friends because these these judgments have been passed on him. Yeah. The civil fraud case yeah. is sticking. He has to pay it. It's not as if he can just ignore it, right? Yeah. I think with interest now, it's something like $450 million. Sure. It's just compounding daily the interest that he has to pay on that. Plus eighty-five million owes to Eugene Carroll, and yeah, yeah. So that the, there's that in addition to it. So it's like he's he's effectively he needs to who who who's going to help him out? Musk could help him out, maybe the Saudis. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who has who has money. Mm -hmm. Maybe not Russia right now, but he needs he needs friends, and mm -hmm. I he has certain friends, but I don't know if they're at the level of you know mm. um the 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 usual suspects in America, like Warren Buffett, isn't going to bail him out, right? It's just, you know, it's not how many you meant Koch brothers who are bad, by the way. Like, let's just be clear like, Nikki Haley is like, 
I think there are people rooting for her, but it's it's not as if she's fantastic either, right? It's so it's no. this. And no, that's the thing. You were, is- you were talking about Trump and his let's call them memory issues for lack of a better whatever. Whatever sure, is going be, on there. Let's be kind. Let's do the Canadian let's thing. Let's be, be kind, kind. But I mean, I, yeah. I saw <laughs> Biden saddling up to a presser today. And, and believe me, I'm not an ageist person. Mm. But he's not looking good either. Mm. I just just mean the g- general demeanor and the things that they say. Mm. Now, you know, I already mentioned Reagan once. I'll mention him again. There was that period of time where they they figured that Reagan had Alzheimer's and was in the chair. Yeah. What they're heading for in America now is if either one of these candidates gets elected, well, I mean, one of them has to be elected. You have to hope like hell that the, v, <laughs> the VP is a solid pick. Sure. Because it it just, that in itself doesn't look good. On top of all of the other things that Trump is, right. and to some degree Biden, but to a lesser degree, right? Yeah. It's just like, where are y'all going with this? And I'm pretty sure when they came up with their their famous system of checks and balances back in the day, that they never <laughs> saw a Trump figure off oh, in the sure. distance never. 200 no. years later that something, a Trump level event, and it's already happened once. But yeah. I think, as you're uh, alluding to, like all of the, all of the wishes of that first term of Trump is going to be turbocharged this time around. All of that yeah. stuff, whether it's guns or pro life, or you name name all the things that they focus on: trans right. people's sexuality, the borders, right. and we need to. We when I say we, I mean Canada. I think we need to watch too. Yeah, because there was you know we know. But then again, it may be dependent on who our prime minister is in a year or two or whenever that is, right? So mm-hmm. there's all this thinking forward, not too far into the future. It's like, how is this going to go down? Like, are we are we going to get to that point where we're kind of 51st state, which was, you know, alluded to years and years ago? It's like, oh, we're becoming so American. It's like, you if anybody from those days, like, you ain't seen nothing yet. What did, what was that CBC? TV movie where Paul Gross plays the prime minister and to protect Canada's water, he becomes a dictator like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't make films like that anymore, right? No, no, no. Uh, it doesn't, to, just doesn't happen. I'm trying to remember what the name of that was, but oh, uh, boy. Was something else. For 10 points. Yeah, that's that's going back a ways, too. I don't. I think that's pre-Due South. I think it was after Due South. Before was it? Cash okay. I don't. Yeah, but... um. <laughs> no, yeah, like, the, yeah, the thing with Nikki Haley, as you're saying, is like Nikki Haley, you know, I keep hearing pundits on US cable news saying, oh, she's generational change. And I'm like, I don't know what you mean by that because, like, is she going to do anything on gun control? No, is she can do anything about climate change. No, is she going to do anything about partisan gerrymandering or voter access. No, is she going to make a more equitable economy for everyone? No, is she going to make more equitable social justice system for everybody no it's like like let's stop saying using throwing around words like generational change and then yeah the fl- should be the, the first gen x president right <laughs> that, that's true too uh more's the pity they skip us uh, completely uh, <laughs> but um but like to, to the biden thing yeah like biden look this is the, the kind of duality of this biden looks old and donald trump sounds old um you know, at the same time, though, I've I've seen Joe Biden on a bike in the last year. Oh no, that's true. 
<laughs> I know, true, but I mean, I'm just like some of the things that he says. Yeah, he sounds right? like an old man. S- yeah. Slip of memory is one thing, but when you start to confuse leaders and and whatnot, it's like you you've got the briefcase, right? Uh, right, and uh, at the same the time, briefcase. Though- Right, and uh, and I I heard somebody make this point. And I can't remember who. I listen to too many podcasts, but they're saying like like Biden has been sort of generational change in that. Yeah, he's an old man, but he has like an incredibly youthful sort of like high level executive um, with a lot of diversity, and he he's sort of made that point. So he's got a good solid team behind him. Does anyone in listening to this or you know paying attention to American politics think that you know? Mike Lindell might be the Secretary of State if Donald Trump's president of the United States again. <laughs> yeah, and Biden also has fifty years of experience, and Trump has. Well, I mean, he was president, but I don't even know if that counts. Uh, well, I'm I not. I'm was, not sure. I'm not sure if Trump's four years as president count. Like, I think when you spend a quarter of your presidency on the golf course, it doesn't count. But no, could be yeah. Uh, speaking of old people, maybe should retire. Um, Ooh, bad segue. Anyway, uh, John Tibbetts, who's the president of Conestoga College, um, and he literally said this in an interview. So, um, I mean, I've been in This isn't it's a, it's a direct quote. It's not like somebody hiding in a closet and overhearing things. And I've been in interviews where somebody says something really good on the on the, and you you, you kind of have to like stymie like your inner voice from getting out. Like, yeah, got it. Um, but <laughs> I can't imagine the village media reporter's reaction when when Sean Tibbetts called uh, David Orient uh, Orazidi, who is the president of Sioux College, uh, called him a whore, among other mm. things. Uh, it, this is in regards to um, international students. He said that uh, Orazidi should shut his mouth and. Um, why are all of his blank students in Toronto talk about a whore? I mean, he's taking a percentage of the profits for an operation. And then he added, I can't stand the guy, by the way. So um, really great promotion for Conestoga College this week, just all around. <laughs> one of one of my alma mater. And funny enough, I, I spent a term at Sioux College. But that was that oh, was bef- that, that's a, many moons ago, and before the uh, the private partnership with Trios, which is what is uh, which is what Tibbetts has uh, stuck in his craw, let's say, to use old boy language. And I think that's right. the case. It's not necessarily his age, but he's behaving like an old boy. Yeah, and it's become this yeah. pissing contest between presidents. Whereas yeah. everything was fine until the cap was put on international students, but now they are fighting over the cake. They're fighting over the pie, the pieces of the pie. Mm-hmm. So the the salvo was uh, <laughs> poorly worded, to say the least. It's one of those like, uh, you know what he's trying to say, sort of, but I somebody I would love to hear the lead up to it as in what pushed his button. Now, he's been in the chair for 35 years. I I haven't heard of an administrator of a college anywhere, a university for that matter, that's had the job for that long. Mm -hmm. And that's not to say that he shouldn't. Uh, The the, uh, unions that have come out saying, you know what, Uh, it was it was worded that he the the union it was two OBSU locals were saying that he should resign. 
I didn't get it that from it. It was more like he should probably retire. Mm-hmm. He should probably end on the, the note that, the, you know, he pretty much was, he wasn't completely behind the building of the place, but Conestoga is what it is in large part to, because of him. Well, he's got his so name he, on it. He has, a, he had a solid enough reputation. And I actually just on a personal note, I, I didn't meet him, but uh, when I was a, an apprentice, we had this situation with parking of all things which is always a fight everywhere. <laughs> and uh, we kind of presented him with this thing saying, look, you know, if you do this, everything will be great. And he took it into consideration and it happened. Mm-hmm. Try that at any other institution with parking. Mm-hmm. Like it, it came up with a solution and it happened mm-hmm. and everyone was happy. So that's, that's my personal, I mean, I don't know that much else about Tibbets. Mm. Uh, other than he's been there for a very long time and that he, uh, he tends to, uh, he's had this bozo eruption. I'm just wondering, he's been there long enough that something like this has probably happened in the past. We just, it just hasn't been noted. Yeah. I, I remember when he, when they announced the downtown Guelph campus last year and he, like he was riffing, he was riffing hard. Like he did like 10 minutes, like, and it, it was like, yeah, it was, it was like a hot 10. Um, where he didn't know where he was going to go next. Um, so I, I think that's kind of his style is that he's kind of a riffer. The, the thing that's wrong here is that like, you're right. Like the, they put the 35% cap on international students and now there's a fight mm-hmm. and it is a vicious fight because so many of these colleges are so dependent on international students. Like three quarters of Conestoga are international students three quarters mm-hmm. um like some of these colleges like 80 percent and it, there, there was a report last year that um one of them was i think i don't think northern was one of them um but three they, they named three colleges three community colleges in ontario that would be underwater financially if they hadn't have taken on international students. And the flip side of it, some of it is very, very lucrative, especially at Conestoga, where the population of students has doubled since 2020. Mm-hmm. Since 2020, it's doubled. Um, their total revenue in the 2022-2023 school year was $389.2 million, which was a jump of $109 million in one year so like if you're gonna throw around the w word mm-hmm. uh, everybody looks that like everyone looks like like everyone's picking out at the trough on this and the trough is like all these international students and this was another part of the interview where like they were asking him about like living like conditions where like 17 people are living in a three-bedroom house yeah and he's like well who like I, 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 who would decide to live with this? I think it's BS. You know, it's, uh, you know, they're, they're going to the food bank and like, who are they talking to? And it just, it, it sounds like he's completely out of touch. Oh yeah. And, um, on that file, he is for sure. He's like, yeah, they're, they're sleeping 10 to a house. So the rent's only 400 bucks or however he yeah. put, I'm paraphrasing yeah. a little bit, but yeah, clueless in that respect, considering the, the pressures that everyone knows about and it is everywhere. Uh, yeah, I, it was Steph Davis reported about the the increase in, over the past ten years at Conestoga International Student yeah. was 
1579. So 1,579% increase in international students. Yes. Yes. At the same time, though, I get what Tibbetts is saying about Sioux College because Sioux College is in Sioux St. Marie, Ontario. Yeah. No Why do they need yeah. to partner with <laughs> Trios? And Trios isn't in Toronto, by the way. It's in Brampton. So it's not fair yeah. to Brampton to, to just say, oh, what's he doing down in Toronto? What he's doing down in Toronto is the same as they are all doing because they've been so squeezed for money that they need to find it somewhere. And it's cost effective for them to come up with these I'm calling them P3s, but it's a relationship yeah. with a private college yeah. to make money and give people diplomas. Now, he he was being defensive. He's like, you know, Conestoga is not a puppy mill. Yeah. Which, which again, is unfortunate language, right? It's like unfortunate use of words. Yeah. Puppy mill. Right. Yeah. But, you know, it, I get what he's saying on that. But at the same time, Conestoga is number one. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's in Canada, but in Ontario, for sure, they are number one for international students. Yeah. Bring them all in. And sorry, that sounds too much like they're letting too many in, but in some ways, <laughs> they are. And I heard Polly of today trying to get in on this, right? And he was saying, oh, yeah. oh we're going to you know, make sure they're at a legitimate college. I was like, well, define legitimate college. What are you, what are you saying there? That right. Sioux College and Conestoga are, are illegitimate? Or is Trias? Or these private relationships, and in the in the wake of all this, U of G is reexamining its relationship with what were they called? Nav- Navitas. Navitas. That's right. Yeah. That partnership is gone. Yeah, and that's probably I'm gonna say directly because of the cap on international students now, because they are. Well, I, I think bigger. it's also like they just. Of, I also think this was like rebellion from inside the faculty that was. Really oh no, that, that's it. part of it for sure. Yeah. If conditions were right, they would have done because they need the money because sure. they are being so squeezed. Right. But I mean, at, at the end of the day, like the people who are caught in the middle of all this, of course, international students, because I mean, also at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, fortunately, we've run out of time. But just to put a cap on this, like it, it, it is like holy ever. I hate to say he has a point, but he kind of has a point because a lot of these colleges are devaluing their diplomas just because of, of appearances. And they're taking in so many people and giving out so many diplomas and are teaming up with trials and other places. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's a sense. It's his myth. solution will be just to, just to cancel it completely. Probably. But that, that'll and if your college thing. dies, well, that's the free market, right? We don't care. That's, yeah. The free market strikes. Well, that's seriously, that's where, that's where he's going to go with it. If you can't pay, you shouldn't be able to play. It's like that wasn't the point of the college system, which was devised, as I always say, by a conservative government in Ontario all those years ago. Well, that seems like a good place to leave it on. So that's a that's a wrap to this week's show. We hope you liked it. You can listen to us again by downloading the podcast version every Monday from our website, opensourcesguelph.com, from the Guelph Politicast channel on Podbean or through your favorite app like Apple, Google, TuneIn, and Spotify. You can stay connected to us on social media. We're on Facebook at Open Sources Newswire, and we're on Twitter at OS underscore Guelph. I personally will be back here on CFRU Wednesday at 3 p.m. for the movie review show that I co-host called End Credits, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam A. Donaldson or check out my news and politics site at guelphpolitico.ca. And I'm Scotty Hertz on Facebook, Twitter, and Blue Sky. And if you're joining us at our regular time at 5 p.m. on a Thursday, stay tuned at 6 for the great Turtle Island Underground. And that is one of the many great programs that you will hear on this station, CFRU 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca, Guelph Campus and Community Radio. We shall return, of course, next Thursday at 5 p.m. for more open sources, and we will see you then.